Welcome to episode three of Honey Boy. If you're listening to this, hoping that you're already subscribed to it and you're commenting on it and liking it and doing all those good things that are getting this out there into people's ears, uh, we are going to talk today about um, how we made Honey Boy and a lot of the things that we can't necessarily say to journalists or reporters and people we sit with that we just met but can say to each other after we've been making this film. Yeah, you are. I'm very sorry, Pam. It's okay. Now go yeah. hang up your wardrobe. Thank Donna for the day. Yes, Daddy. You had a good day otherwise. Yes, Daddy. I spent a lot of time with chickens. And in all that time, you know what I've learned about them? Hmm. You know what the white spot is in the center of chicken poop? Do you know what that is? No. What is that? That's chicken poop also. <laughs> Let's talk about it. Um, <laughs> I got a question for you. All right. Um, uh, I'm, I'm just curious what it was like to, to, to work with your own writing, like to, to, did, did you feel supported by what you wrote? I think Alma's cosign of it made me feel like I could fall back mm -hmm. on it. Mm -hmm. If, if I hadn't had Alma to cosign it, this is why I, there's no way I could direct it because I don't have faith in my own taste this way. Right. When she said it was a movie, then it became a movie. If, if Alma hadn't you know, among the, the plethora of other reasons I needed her to be here. But one of the main ones was like this idea of being able to own it. Yeah, I think, I think it's always been that way. Even like even other things that I've written that I've sent to her, you know, she says some things just straight shit. And I know that they're shit because mm, she says mm -hmm. that they're shit. And here we were in a situation where she was like, oh, this is pretty good. And then I felt confident about it. But had, had that not transpired, I wouldn't have been able to feel confident in the words. Mm. In fact, I was always trying to run from the words and you'd always try to guide me back to the words. Um, mm. No, that stuff, that stuff was tricky just because I remember his shoulders like I just mm. remember the shoulders mm. deeply and like him putting his he would giggle and put his tongue out you know and do the shoulder shit and I really wanted to get that the laugh was I always had a problem with the laugh but, but then you cracked her at the hotel I remember the moment that, the that you found it when you went high yeah, with the, the pitch time. I could never get the laugh no you plus got with the it. fucking plugs like I couldn't get the laugh and the plug plugs would come out but and mm. also he had a, a gargle every time he would like he'd say certain words and you'd hear the phlegm in his throat <laughs> So I think they're, like they're, some of those things I'm quite proud of. Not that scene in full, but the gargle and the shoulders mm. I liked. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, but but not the whole and thing. And the heyo. Is that something he said? Yeah, all the time. Really? All the time, yeah. And as if to as like to symbolize like or to 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 to, to mean like <laughs> yeah. like yeah, he was oh, saying, snap. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's very hey important. Yeah, it's very important yeah, yeah. To, to joke deliver. Yes. For timing purposes. Yes, you know about this. It's the same uh, thing. You probably yeah. have one. Uh the Not hey yo, but uh, <laughs> yeah, version of that. You use the hell? I don't use that. I use my version of that. But what, the scene is important to me because my dad, the type of father he was with his women, that was his thing. And um, mm. I remember we'd be at the mall and he would make me run out and pretend like I was lost. And then when a chick found me, mm. bring him back. Oh. And then he would use that to. So this scene as a as an intro to me of of who this pops is, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And that, also like when Noah talks to him, they're kind of doing it for her, mm -hmm. like because at home they curse all the mm -hmm. time. He's yeah. only telling him mm -hmm. to stop right. cursing mm -hmm. to kind of look like a better parent yeah. to her. 
Mm-hmm. And no one knows it. Like mm-hmm. uh, Otis knows yeah. it, and he kind of plays along. It's the beginning of the code of that code that God's mm-hmm. established that like this is about this thing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that I think holds dear to this day amongst men. Don't mess with up this code. Mm-hmm. You try mm-hmm. to get laid or whatever. You know, mm-hmm. stick to the code. Mm-hmm. I feel like I relate related to that more so before I became an actor, in that like. I, there now I'm just like segueing into my life like <laughs> and <laughs> as you it, should that's the podcast it. right right <laughs> <laughs> I just I noticed that like and I, I think this relates back to what you you said about like you're great at this podcast shit how you do that how you how you relate things oh, cool, and all cool, that cool. with the finger pointing it's yeah, very yeah, good what point. you do okay just okay. catch that make sure. <laughs> go ahead um <laughs> in terms of like how when you become an when I became an actor or, or over the years since I've been an actor I've stopped crying in my life. Yeah. Wow. Like, I don't cry in my life anymore. Yeah, right. Wow. I cry. Yes. Uh-oh. I cry mm-hmm. in movies, and mm-hmm. I don't even really cry at movies anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I cry watching myself mm-hmm. in movies. Mm-hmm. You know? Be careful. <laughs> yes, yes, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. And, and it's, we- it's really weird. And when you were just talking about the male code, I noticed that that's something that I think I felt very connected to growing up. Something I felt connected to when I went to camp with friends I had growing up, but I don't really know about a male code anymore. Like, I'm like, I don't, I'm not really a part of a community of men. I'm not like, I've got like, like my life is so insular in that like I, I have my apartment, I have these jobs, I go make these friends, I do this with them, I see some of them individually, sometimes I see them in a group when we work, but otherwise, I'm sort of like just an actor, you know? Yeah. Like, I, I don't know where or what I fit into no, other than what I, like, try to find a way to fit into. Mm-hmm. You while you're, while you're acting. Yeah, exactly. But I think that's normal <laughs> at, at where you are in your, at your age because you're not back home going out to nightclubs night after night with that group of guys mm-hmm. to get that part. Like, y'all not actively going out hunting right. in a pack Hunting. Yeah. Wait, Straight up. You yeah. mean you mean for a part? Are you talking? No, for for, for females. Right. Yeah. Right. 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 Word. And it's different codes. It's a code of the streets. It's a code of like hating. Like for if if, if young Otis would have did that, his dad it would be considered hating, player hating. Like why are you hating? You see what's going down. You know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's those things. It's versions of those things player that you might hating. have in, in acting. You know, you might have it in this in this right. game. You know. I've only ever had that with my father, and then I, and then and then I'd be performing around like men that I was around, <clears throat> like when I was, you know, maybe sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, like right before I lost my virginity. I lost my virginity when I was twenty, because I was like uh, lying. I would go in a room and, and bring a girl in a room, and be like, "Hey, make some noises. <laughs> Let's hit on this wall." My friends would be in the living room. We'd bang on the walls, you know. Mess your hair up. Okay, cool. That looks great. And then I'll come out and I'll breathe really heavy. And then we go outside and it like protected me from having to lose my virginity because I was such a romantic. I thought, all right, when I lose my virginity, that's going to be my woman forever. So for the whole chunk of my soldiering days, which is 16 to 20, when I had like a group of Mm. dudes that I hung out with all the time, it was all bullshit. So I performed the code. But I, but, and which is just like a performance because I was also scared that people would think I was fey. People would think I was. You know, and in, in the group that I was in, it, it's not like it is now where it's like, oh, you can be open about whatever your flame is. or right. Yeah, I couldn't. 
yeah, like that twin flame in me, I could never account for this side. I had to be very strictly mm. this very hyper-masculine thing. So it was this right. weird segue from what I had with my father into this guy group. You know, at this time, this is like Dipset. This is like, you know, this is, this is Jay-Z. This is Beanie Siegel. This is all that music that I sent mm -hmm. you, which is not like open to the female flame in you. Word. Yeah, Word. it's very hyper-masculine. Yeah. And, and, you know, this is bitches and hoes language, mm -hmm. yeah? And this is what permeated my entire childhood. And so I, yeah, I would be a certain way at set like you're talking about where I would, my femininity was required for me to empathize with people and connect and things like that. And then I'd get to this other group at night where we would go out and hang out and it was like a whole nother performance, but it, but it wasn't my truth. Right. And so it felt just like a segue from what I had with my dad into this way of being mm. with men, mm. which was, was all very tricky to me. And then when I, even when I lost my virginity, I had to lie to the woman and tell her that I wasn't a virgin. I couldn't be honest about it. Mm. I remember she like, knew. Yeah, she, oh, for sure. But, but it took a while. I remember like I had seen a lot of pornography at this yeah. point yeah. and had done like a studying mm -hmm. and like put a pillow underneath her. And she was like, well, pillow for what? I was like, oh, just trust me. This is how I usually do it. You know what I mean? <laughs> we use the pillow. And then my, my shit wasn't big enough to be able to, from that angle. Yeah. And she's like, what the fuck are we doing? It was like 10 minutes of this. Then we started giggling. And that's when I could actually uh, be intimate with her because the giggle made me feel like, okay, we're connected now. Now we're, right. now truth has been exhibited. Now we can like experience the beauty of each other because now performances drop like cut. And now this is the, the real me on the other side mm -hmm. of this laugh. But I, at, up until that point, until I was about 20, I never had this, this uh, ability to connect with a woman for real or, you know, this stuff. I had a version of that. And a lot of yeah. guys have that. Yeah, 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 a lot of guys have that version because it's, it's all based on the hyper-masculinity. Yeah. But I had the opposite where I had to lie and say I was a virgin. Okay. Yeah. I had to lie and say I was a virgin. Okay. For, like, years. Yes. Because you lost your virginity young. I lost it young in an well, appropriate way. Yeah. It wasn't the... Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes, so, yes, yes. Uh, yeah, Ooh. I had to lie the Ooh. whole time. And, and, when, and during my time in the club, because of the way I lost my virginity or the way I got anything fellatio and all that for the first time, mm. I didn't know that you were supposed to talk to chicks and let that comfort down. Mm -hmm. Let the what down? The, their comfort down. I'll get them to be comfortable with you. Whatever yeah. happens in the club, mm. yeah. well, I'll be like, man, why these bitches keep staring at me? Because mm. the first time I had sex, it was just somebody coming up to mm -hmm. me and mm. then victimizing you. Doing yeah. it, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So to me, that's how he was yeah. so young. So you had to unlearn this shit. Yeah. Yeah, it took years, like Whoa. until like probably 35 to really learn like this is the appropriate way to like, mm -hmm. you know, go out and do these things. But I had to go through the bad things of like, you know, hunting and doing one night stands. Then I was like, oh, let me jump over here. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, society, and especially in our community, you're the adult to you, and you when you when you're 15, it's like 21. Wait, that's what the, do you mean? Because that's the person that's teaching you. You're, stuff, when yeah. you're 15, when you're 15, adults you're OG, are 21. Yeah, because your, your father's oh, not right. around. Yeah. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, so the person that's really Whoa, instructing right, you right, right. is a young, yeah. a hyper angry young person themselves. Right, yeah. That's why I said they had all the Beanie Seagulls and the rappers. Mm -hmm. yeah. They like 21, 19. Yeah. You know, so yeah, yeah it's, it's, right. you don't know that until you're older and you're like, man. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting, you know? Mm -hmm. So I said, you're at a good spot to learn. Those stuff that you don't have to probably unlearn as much, you know. Mm -hmm. You get to discover these things that you don't have to unlearn because you was taught this way. Because right. I got all the man, you gay or you mm -hmm. know you scared of you scared of pussy mm -hmm. or this. Mm -hmm. Even from my sister or my mom, because I was just like 
because mm-hmm. they didn't know what I went through. I had that from my father. Yeah, so. Yeah. W- what did you get from the, the, those, like, four years with, like, what was the impulse to, like, be like, I got to get this, I got to be in this group? I, because I had to get the fuck out of the house, and I had to socialize with peers. Because at that point, I was stuck on a TV show socializing with grips and transpo guys who were, like, 50, 60 years old. Mm. And uh, couldn't connect on a certain level. And was desperate to connect with, really, I was so scared of women. Scared of women, Mm. and this is a big part of my drinking career also. The only way I could socialize with a woman was to be absolutely fucking bent. Mm -hmm. And so I would get bent with them. I had this kid named Lorenzo. Uh, God bless him. He used to take me out, and we'd go to clubs and stuff. He'd get me into clubs. He would buy me liquor. This is when I'm like 16 years old, and he would introduce me to women sort of the way I do with Noah when we go out to these things, you know what I mean? I say, hey, meet my friend, you know? He would do that with me, and that would be my bridge to being able to socialize with a woman, and because he was like an, he was my OG, he was like an older, like, he was, he was slick and charismatic and like suave, and, and we were using each other, it was a very transactional relationship. I was living in his house when I was 16, I moved out of that motel into his house, uh, 15, living on his air mattress, He's a big dude, like rotund, like he was like, like three hundred fifty pounds, and we would, and which is kind of strange. Oh. We'd be living, we'd slip, sleep on an air mattress, and he would, you know, I'd always roll over in the middle of the night and be wound up snuggling him because because he was such a big fucking guy, and we'd wake up and then we'd party all night long, and then we wake up there'd be women in the house, but neither one of us was ever physical with these women. They liked us because we weren't ever like making them feel uncomfortable. And we were like their role dogs, and we were, it was a transactional relationship with them as well, because then they would want to hit on our friends. It was like a big friend group of like people who would freestyle and go to house parties, and uh, yeah, we were using each other to be able to socialize in the same way that I was using alcohol. It was like my way of keeping myself safe and also getting the fuck away from my father and getting away from the motel and being able to like enter the world as my own person. And I was trying to develop who I was and right. you know build that character. Which felt like uh, like like another kind of um, construction. It wasn't who I actually was. It was like this construction right, based off right. of hip hop and what <laughs> right, I knew of masculinity. Right, and, right, right, right. Yeah, it was very yeah. very strange construction. God damn. And um, and yeah, so yeah, yeah. Oof. Do you remember that time, like you know, because seeing Noah now in the past, yes. like since we filmed like the it's just like such a transition like he himself says from being a child to being a teenager yes. and like we got like literally filmed the cast of it happening like he's in the middle of a construction i'm watching yeah. it happen with yeah. the earrings and the bracelets yeah. and the pants yeah. and he's yeah. like just on also the- like his consciousness and his analytical like part and like how he connects to people and he's very hyper conscious of like hyper- growing up yes like and I was wondering... But he's also not surrounded by any peers. Right. So now in the school. Him, now in the school. Now in the finally, school. But also but there's like, a strange thing with him in the school because he's a fucking star. Right. So there's that aspect yeah. as well that is right. always, always going to keep him an alien. Right. Yeah. And so I guess I needed this friend group to eliminate that part of me yeah, so that's that I what wasn't I was gonna an alien. Say. So was that the age? Like, yeah. Where right around there. Yeah. Probably like a couple years later too. Mm. Yeah. I started making friends. Like I moved around so much and I was around adults you know, uh, a lot. And that's what makes you blunt as a person. Like you live with your grandmother and you, and you, you having this similar experience with, with rolling over with somebody that's like 300 pounds except it's your grandma and, mm-hmm. 
and they treat you a certain way, you mm-hmm. feel your confidence is gone. Mm-hmm. You know, yes, because um, you were dumped on this lady. Yes, and you could tell you was dumped on this lady, right? Yes, and uh, huh. and then to go to Atlanta as a from a small town and get deal with the fights and the bullying. Yes, so it's years. It's a good ten years of not knowing. You know, like who your friend? Or you like I'm? A, I could die. Yeah. I could die every day. I leave because you tiny. You just small frame, no growth spurt. You know what I mean? You got on dress shoes with shorts. You in the city, like people start selling dope. They wearing Jordans now, and like it's a lot that you have to adjust to on the fly. Yeah. You know, um, and and you are uh, probably from that church sweet background. Mm-hmm. And then you thrown into this yeah. to this thing. Shit. Yeah. And then life hits you like pow, 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 pow. Um, it's so uh, crazy. And it's so it's, it's amazing to hear it as a woman because it's like all the just like the all the in, inter, induction into the performative side of masculinity yeah. right. that boys go right. through. Right. And then like from the, the girl side, it's like that's the time that you're like, oh. Like suddenly, guys start to look at you a certain way and wanna mm-hmm. hunt you, mm-hmm. like and wanna get you, and you're like starting to have to learn how to maneuver that and know, you know, who you can trust. Mm-hmm. And that's like a whole mm-hmm. other flip side of mm-hmm. that, and the thought that so many of those men actually are performing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is 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 great. I, I think- didn't know. The saddest part was when we was that age when y'all started to develop, and I didn't know. And all we were, guys, we would hang out as groups. And then when it was a time when a woman would come by, and like my friend would just turn to me and just start hitting me, boom! And I didn't know it was a performance for the girl. Mm-hmm. And it took all the way to twenty-five to realize. Even but it's my, almost performance not for the girl, but for each other. No, well, it's the thing of you didn't know that they were trying to prove that they were alphas. I didn't know. Right. Like even in my first relationship, I didn't know. Like I would be mad at my homeboys; they would act differently <laughs> with their girls. Than what they right. would with, with me, right, right. And I will always be the same. They like you can't be the same person. Yeah. Look how mad she is right now. You can't do the same jokes that you do with us. Like, right, right, right. You know. Yeah. Like, do you think that all of that like comes from the father? Like, because I know in the film, obviously, a lot of it comes to the kid from, mm. you know, being the expectations yeah. of masculinity come from James in the film. But do you think like? My dad defined himself on his roster. Some people do it with a career, some people do it with their looks, some people do it with money. My dad did it with his harem of women. You know, he could only define himself or feel good about himself if he had a woman who was interested in him or who he believed was interested in him. And that was infectious. Mm-hmm. And, and I felt that also. Mm-hmm. And then he was also in my ear always about how, you know, being an actor was for, was, was, was fey. You know, was like weak, and uh, and yeah. So I had a hard time. Plus, I was on Disney Channel, but listening to Dipset. <laughs> so I was going to house parties, and like whatever fame I did have wasn't like what Noah has, where it's somewhat respectable. You know, I mean, honestly, like y- you say something like Quiet Place to a kid, that seems elevated. My peer group, if I said I was on Disney Channel to that peer group, they they would snap on me. You know, they would, right. they would cap on me. Like, that was a really corny thing to be a part of. So I couldn't even define myself in my career or anything yes. like that. Wow. But I was also not mature enough yeah. in, in a physical sense or in a spiritual sense to be able to court women yet. 
So I, you know, you're busy trying to define yourself. Mm. And so I found myself in the cups. I would define myself based on how much I could drink mm. and how much I could freestyle. Mm. You know, it became like a creative thing that way. Mm -hmm. Freestyling and rapping and breakdancing mm -hmm. and drinking became my way of defining myself and being able to um, be unique amongst that group. You know, and I had other and, and the women that I was with are, were going through what you were talking about, that performative stage. And because we were all performing for each other, it was never physical, it was never sexual. And we all felt safe because we all knew that we were bullshitting each other. You know, none of the women were, were physical with any men. None of the men were physical with any women. But we would all perform like we were. It was like this unspoken code, but with men and women. So you feel like everybody knew it's a performance? Everyone knew, yeah, everyone wow, knew. Wow, no, ours was right. different. Yeah, I think, like, yeah, I think it but comes I from both. But I understand, yeah, it comes. Mm. My, I came from Tell my mother. Way, your my, father has that too, you know? My father had that, but I spent a lot of time. That's why my cousins are that way. And right. I spent more time with my mom. Right. My mom would do hair in the kitchen, so I would hear women do these stories about men. Yeah. Or they talk about men or weird stuff like, I called them, but they didn't call me, all this stuff. So by the time I was 17 or 18, I knew that men were, weren't trash, men were trash, and that women were trash. You know. That's the conclusion? That was my conclusion. So I right. didn't date. I didn't date, or I didn't believe in like. Because you couldn't trust any Yeah, I didn't, I didn't trust no side. So I didn't really do too much. I remember going out on a date in high school. My mom gave me some money for the date, which was rare. So I took the money for myself because we were poor. And I just did that little thing, like maybe broke off $5 for the date. And I knew I had like $15 in my, in my pocket to like, right, 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 right. I can get extra pizza with that. I remember the first time I met your, when I saw your father, he, he, his, uh, Father pulled out an album. A photo album of women. A photo album of all the women he had sex with. Yeah. And he had a photo of and each one He can one remember. Of them. And my dad paranoid schizophrenic. Yeah. But for a moment, he could tell you, like, this was her nickname. He said on the he's sharp, you know? Yeah. Yeah, he's sharp when he's a very sharp and smart person. Yeah. But he could tell you everything about these mm -hmm. ladies and where he met them and how he. Wow. It's like that harem you're talking about, and yeah. it's literally an album like this thick. Every woman remembers when he met her, what happened. Yeah. But I think uh, what I what I think I notice now is being <laughs> in the situation that the the balance between a man and a woman when it's when they're together, you get to see the guy at his vulnerable stage because mm. there's always a woman mm. there that checks him, mm -hmm. you know, that checks him, and then you can it, it's it fills those gaps that we didn't have of really the complete man and how he could be humble to his lady and stuff like that and vice versa, you know? Because um, now I see like the weakness that we have as men. You know? It's funny and I feel the opposite because I feel like with the right man that can be vulnerable, a woman can feel strong mm. because like I feel like mm. I've been in relationships where you can't be strong because it's Whoa. threatening to the yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Right. So it almost right. feels to him like you are being masculine mm -hmm. when you are strong, mm -hmm. and then they don't know how to, which you don't have that at all. Like you're not at all Oof. threatened by strength. No, no, because uh, I grew up around strong women. Women. So to me, women ran the households, mm -hmm. which is a problem that I would have in the majority of my other situations in the South where they want a man to run the household. And from that, I'm going to jump into the next clip. Um, <laughs> that was all from chicken shit? That was from chicken <laughs> shit, man. Bang, bang on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> this bang, this bang. is a podcast. Hey. Yeah, we're in it now. Uh, People are going to be listening. We're in the red. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> okay, you're passing on. Uh, yeah, yeah. No Lucas clips to work out. Just we work out faces. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you are the sight gag. Yeah. Okay. You see all those workout faces? That's your opportunity. That's where you bring the funny shit. Yeah. That's where you flare your nostrils and give me everything you got. Show me. Look. That's not funny though. What's not funny? The, the, the nostril. I like it a lot. I think it's very funny. Just try it. Let's go. My dad was a shit actor. <laughs> My dad was a shitty actor. He was the worst actor because he was a clown. So, so, he, so everything was just fucking rodeo clown. And he would try to push. But he gave us those nostrils moves sure. that are Yeah, now. he did. That, that, was a, that was a note from him for sure. Yeah. I remember him like coming to set all the time and. Uh, he'd come. He'd be sitting in the lobby, even Stevens. And every time we would do a table read, there'd always be some like one line or two line character that my dad would vie for. And we're on a Disney Channel show, try so to get on the show. try to get on the show. No, no. Yeah. my dad was always trying to get on the show. You never told all me that. the time. Always, <laughs> no, always. I would have put that in. Always trying to get on the no show. No way. Always, yeah. How? He would go up to the writer and he'd go, you know. Uh, I could probably do this, you know. No. <laughs> and, 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 and he was like, a, he was a, my dad was a scary guy, you know, like right. cute here, but like right. when you have like a six-one guy, yeah, both. he's both, yeah. Both. He, but he, he, but he, he'd have his motorcycle shit on, and he'd be close with all the transpo guys, and he'd be smoking course, cigarettes all the time, and he had like this scary kind of persona, <laughs> and he would go up to this to the head writer, this guy named Matt, and he'd always try to proposition Matt for a role all the time. And Matt would like nod at him and then run upstairs and try to exit through different exits. And like, he was always trying to hide from my father. Man, I feel robbed right now. Yeah, well, it's, it's, good. it's, right it's probably for the best. But, <laughs> but, but yeah, he, my, dad, my dad was a, he, he always would like, he'd always talk about ah. Comedie dell'arte because it sounded French. Right. And it sounded like some school. But he also loved Marcel Marceau. He yes. saw him live. Yes, yeah, he loved. He loved Marcel, Marcel Marceau. Really? Yeah. Loved. And him. he went to Whoa. a Marcel Marceau loved show. Him. It was yeah. like one of his like highlights of his life. He told me yes. Marcel Marceau talking backstage yes. afterwards and stuff. My dad was a great clown and a horrible actor. Yeah, like clowns and actors are such a different sport. And my dad could never see the difference. And anything subtle he would think was shit, you know. Really? It had to be big tough, and loud yeah. and neon. It's tough, Everything yeah. had to be neon. Oh, fuck. I was trying to, yeah, so that scene really is is uh, is uh, indicative of his acting style and me trying to, like, oh, find my way fuck. in it, but also being on a Disney Channel show that celebrated neon. Right. I quite like that wow. scene. Yeah, yeah me that's too. A dope it's, scene. it's really interesting because as you talk about, like, big, big acting, like, I feel like the reason why I got cast as a young actor was because I was I was the only kid who had an understanding that if I just, and I'm not saying, I don't think this, that I was a good actor, but I was the only kid who had an understanding that if I didn't do anything, mm. I would look like a good actor. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, so mm -hmm, I, all mm -hmm. I tried to do in the auditions was just say the line. Mm -hmm. Without being too big. And I, real, I realized later that like, that that's another yes. kind of, bull, that's bullshit, yes. you know? Yes. But, but, but at that time, at, at that age, at that age, yeah. it was like the, it was how I separated myself. Yes, was by by the ex exact opposite of of everything that your dad was encouraging you to do. So it's in, I, I'm it's wondering. So interesting, like, yeah. Because so you had like constant conflict yeah, like, on that. Like you wanted time. to be more you, subtle. But when I watch you and even Stevens, I just see, I see complete presence. I see both. reacting. I see. I see, like, I, I just, I just see a, a kid alive, like an alive. Kid. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, but, yeah. I that see, was but, like I something see, but I see some of the really subtle, like word. present things but, but that I can do. But it's all coming from in here, and the even when he does things. go big. Like I could see your dad yeah, getting in yeah. there. Yeah, like. both. He would come to set, and I'd get bigger. Yeah. He'd go away and smoke his cigarettes, and I'd find some other vibes. Yeah, and That's also important. I, yeah, I was surrounded by a bunch of other big actors, mm. and so you had to like spread the love. And they had to have their moments, and in the moments that they had to be bigger, I had to be quieter to be able to anchor these moments. You knew moments. this at that yeah. time. Oh, yeah, yeah. You well, because I had been doing it with my father. So the scene that yeah. just we just saw before yeah. this was some kind of performance where dad's got to be big and I got to be small. So yeah. I learned a lot with my dad's clown that in order for him to get his jokes off, I not only have to be small, but I have to play like I don't know. I need to do these setups. Mm. I learned like Whoa. how to lob balls. Wow. like. I don't know, Dad. What is chicken shit? You, like, I'd have, and that had to be be authentic. It had to feel like a real question, otherwise the Whoa. joke wouldn't land. So you're learning all this stuff Heavy. with my dad's hustle for women. Wow. So instead of there being a camera, <laughs> I'd have to win this woman over. Yo. And so I would start learning like subtleties that way with my father, where he would have to clown and be big, and I'd have to anchor it. And it had to feel authentic, or the woman wouldn't wouldn't keep watching. Mm. And so my first camera was actually for women. This hustle that we're talking about, this code shit, it's actually how I learned how to act, Whoa. perform authenticity, was performing this, uh, I don't know what that joke is, Dad, or, you know, uh, setups for my father, you know, because my dad was so big and neon all the time. And it's the opposite with stand-up, wow. which is why I probably book more dramas, because in stand-up, they need you to go big, mm -hmm. or when you do multi-camp. Mm -hmm. But if you look at some, most comics, when they do even act-outs, it's always huge. Huge. Yeah. Right. Like the lady was like, <laughs> you know, whatever, you know. So mm -hmm. it's funny to hear that the opposite uh, breakdown. Mm -hmm. Wow. You're some kind of anomaly, though. It's rare that stand-up feels as authentic as when you'd pitch your shit. Even when you watch Chappelle, who is the greatest, he's big. He's huge. He's big, yeah. yeah he's humongous. Somebody was like, man, why, why you move so slow? I was like, because my mom would slap me. She had bad nerves. So if I move too fast around, she get nervous. Mm. So you learn to like move like real slow when you need something. <laughs> so you don't like upset nobody, you know? <laughs> Which has a way of anchoring your jokes so that they don't feel like da-dun-dun. Yeah. It all feels like you're throwing the whole thing away. Which is like a, an elevated version of stand-up, which my father was the opposite of. He threw nothing away. Yeah. And that seems like a generational thing too. Could be. Yeah. I'm for honestly sure. like kind of convinced. Like I, the, movies past a certain, at a certain point in history, like back, like I, I watch the acting and I'm like, what the, the fuck, fuck is, is going, going on? on? Yeah. Like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. Well, yeah. Nobody. But it kind of changed like after, real. like supposedly. Not like that I'm a big expert, Marlon but after Brando. Marlon Brando, yeah, yeah. even the greats, yeah. but even after Brando, right? Yeah, it's it, it's it's really baffling to me. It seems like historically, like it's almost like film is what, like like I I I don't I don't I don't know like uh, historically there was no. Where was the hyper realism like before? Like you would think that after. Hundreds and but thousands of from, years. But it's very theatrical, right? Because it comes but, from yeah. theatricality. But why, why would theater not need to be real? Because you're projecting to a bigger the, audience. The, 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 and there's it, no close-up. So, there there weren't no close only big theaters even though, by the way, at, I feel like at every that there, point in history. Even though, by the way, I do feel like there is close-up. Because you can't lose the back of the room. When it's but, the right but actor. That, but but, but that's, it's not true that there were only performers. Like, why was that the... Like, today, there are... 
so many kinds of theater. Right. And th was there only one kind of theater before that? Like, do you, do you know what I mean? Like, well, yeah, but there you could wasn't, also but you could also point at like Bogart and Cagney, and there were some guys who had subtlety. Yeah, Chaplin, like Chaplin, Chaplin. Yeah. game over. Yeah, yeah. And yeah that, Chaplin that, there definitely is a, game over. There is a kind of so there there are, there are degrees to, like like he's a clown who was not had a deep inner life, mm -hmm. like a deep, deep, yeah. deep inner life. Buster Keaton, word, and deep, and so I guess, but 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 today. And in, since the group theater, since people like Marlon Brando or like uh, Meisner, like there is this stress on realism. Mm -hmm. And I think the, the cameras accentuate that in YouTube, like the fact that we're, we're constantly seeing, we can, con like reality television, I don't know, there, there's a sense of reality um, but reality TV is not a sense of reality, right? No, I, I, I think there it's is... like that's kind of a distortion I, of reality. I, I do, I, I, but I disagree in that I think what they live for mm -hmm. is bullshit and not real. But what, whatever they're going through is yeah. really real. Like, the, I don't know. I don't like, think so. I, I think I mean, more real than cinema. Show, exactly. Yeah. More exactly. Than what? More, more real than, than cinema. cinema. Yeah. Of course, but uh, then you can talk about documentaries. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but what? you can talk about documentaries, right? Like, uh, I mean, reality shows but that is one example. Documentaries but like, don't like, play a role in, main, in mainstream. I feel like documentaries do. Not as much as reality TV. No. I'm talking about the mainstream to the world. But documentaries do perform in theaters really well, and people see them. And like they have, I think, a sense of actually now in culture, definitely breaking down the barriers of what performance is and also what performance of self is, which is like a whole other thing of like, right, like kind of being yourself in front of a camera is a performance, like is yeah. a kind of a performance and some people do it better. Because docs and reality TV is based on personalities and, yeah. and the social media. And yeah. all you're doing That's a whole with... Thing. All, you all of them are a performance. All of it is a yeah. construction. Yeah, everything's performance. You just put somebody with a certain personality. You put somebody with a certain personality in a situation, and then you stepping back. But you can argue that every person talking, having a conversation, well, we all have and like cameras you have here. that, all that. We're all watching ourselves. But like what you're saying, also time. in the conversation mm -hmm. in the text of you and Martin Starr, with like, are you performing uh -huh. right now? And you're like, or are you mocking me? And all that, and he goes both. And I think that's like one of the most honest. Right. moments in the script for me when I watch it because I feel like you can argue that every two people that are talking to each other, if they don't have a certain level of intimacy, that they are performing. Right. The most authentic behavioral, behaviorally, the most, for me, I find the most authentic behavior uh, uh, is exhibited from cameramen. Because behind, are, People behind yeah, the camera? Yeah. Right. The camera. In, in because what, they are, they are, they are hyper aware that they're not being watched. And so you know that they are in their truth. Mm -hmm. Like for like we're having this conversation right now and I actually can't determine whether or not this is actually me or if I made this gesture on some subconscious like, you know, I find myself doing this shit with my beard and I don't know if this is like a choice or if right. this is like- A uh, tick. Yeah, a tick. An erotic or, uh, or if this is my true me. Right. Whereas if we were to look at the camera guy right now, you know, he, now, now you see personality shift, but right before that moment, yeah. he was in his truth. Right. And whatever gestures were happening then. in the then, flow, focus. Yeah. You got and a spit also, bubble right here. Really? On the other side. It wasn't a choice. <laughs> so, so I'm, defi I'm definitely <laughs> in my fair. choice. I'm yeah. definitely in my truth. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, on the other side of being documented, the, the people, the, the, docu the documenteers or the, the, the people filming 
Um, right. Those are fun gestures to watch because they feel authentic because right, right. they're not being viewed. Yeah. Right. Uh, but the second you point them out, everything right. starts to shift. And I have a hard time determining whether or not I am performing or not performing because it's so in innate real life in my person. Or in, in, in life, yeah, in, in, life general, in, general. in general. And yet we love, like, my, some of my favorite people to watch are the people who are ham, like who are just hams of humans yes. and, and who are so performative. Like there's truth in their hamminess. Yes, it's not yeah, it's not you know, you know yeah. That's sort of that's kind of the beauty of acting when you when you get to But in a, and in a way by the way, that is what's beautiful about your dad, Shia, because he's just hammy. Yeah. But for real, for yeah, real. But for like, real. Yeah. It's not beautiful like <laughs> to see somebody try to cover up their truth. Yes, yeah. yes. And yes. that's fucking yes, true. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. To believe that yeah. all truth all the time is like and it's comical. Is what you need. Too. Is like is is kind of. It's tragic and comical. Is is I think unnecessary and di disappointing. Like it's a disappointment to see somebody just be true. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Like I get caught up in that. Like I try so hard. I'm like, I feel like there's there's an earnestness to my characters that I'm trying to stay stray away from. But I, I like, think I don't think that's the same. Being like earnest because saying. of a moral yeah. expectation to be truthful is not the same as being truth truthful. Do you um, know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like there's. I'm confused. I think there's like <laughs> true beauty in somebody that's capable of honesty. Agreed. But that it's not the same as like an earnest attempt but, to be truthful because you have an expectation of yourself to be honest. That's performative again. I'm lost. <laughs> I, I I think what what what. What's true of me in my life is that there are some moments when I, my goal is not to be true. Of course. And I forget that that happens. And mm. I think my dream for myself as an actor is to get to a place where I can forget about, I can just forget about who I want to be. Right. And, and be, 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 like, make fun of myself, make fun of the situation in a way that, I do in my life, you know, I lie to people sometimes without knowing it. Mm -hmm. and, and I think, mm -hmm. I, I don't know, I, I think I strive for truth in a way that maybe I don't have to. But that's the truth. But that is exactly. the truth. Exactly, that's, like, that's, that's, that's the truth. That's, that's, that's and I'm everything yeah. you described right yeah. now is striving for truth. truth like when I get in trouble. Right, I think like, we're saying yeah. the same thing. Yeah, yeah. you yeah. get in trouble <laughs> in certain situations, somebody call you out on it, or like, why are you being loud right now? Like, motherfucker, I'm loud. I live in that. That's where I'm at. If you pointed out my truth that I'm being loud, I'm not going to be like, oh, I'm sorry, I shouldn't be loud. I'm like, oh, yeah, then I'm loud then. That's what it is. That's the truth that is go for it. Uh -huh. Yeah, we loud. I'm in loud mode. We just going to be loud until it ends. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. No matter how destructive it <laughs> is, I live in it. You know what I mean? But I mean, like, I think like the whole thing is like, in the, the whole thing with every, I feel like what I hear when I hear all that, it's like the truth and the lie are the same. If, exactly. If there's yeah. nobody watching, if like if it's not like you are planning it and you're not aware, because you said sometimes I lie, but I don't remember that right. I did it. So it's like that wasn't done to spite or to to lie. Well, it's true. It's, it's human behavior. Exactly, and behavior is what we're looking for. We're, exactly. We, and the humanity reveals the humanity. What is the humanity? And more the, than truth. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah, because. Like what is, is truth? A, you can't bother. That's a truth. construct, and that's like a you know a moral kind of. It's you like know, why thing. Are you so true. Okay, it's kind of vague. I'm jumping to Robert Bands. What are you trying to do? You can't have me in the fucking room knitting for two hours. How are your studs right now? Seventy. Okay, let's bring it down.
You know, I have like about, he did that thing when he was sitting with the wool, which is like one of my favorite moments in the film. Yeah. Like I just was like, eat and I put it in front of him and uh, just let him sit there. And I filmed it for like, I have like three, four, five minutes of that. Really? Yeah. Fuck. It's so good. It's so good. Yeah, that is a great moment. Like stay on it and yeah, stayed yeah. on it. It was so good. Mm-hmm. Eating at a ping pong table. Yeah, yeah that's mm-hmm. good. And had you guys talked about it, it probably wouldn't have been that good. It would have been conjured and... No, bec- yeah, because when I got on set, it was almost like it was every everything was I, 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 the energy was just like there was nothing that could have stopped. That was the first day of shooting. Yeah, oh, it was. Yeah, when uh, we shot the sauna, remember? Right. And right. with the gun, it was like ne- right next door to yeah, that. Right? And yeah, and it was right there. It was like probably our second shot or something of the day, of the first day. Yeah, <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, that was Crazy. really good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's some of the best shit in this movie. Cool. The rubber band thing, by the way, is like... It fucked me up, man. My shit was so swollen. It was red in the... It was so... You show it. Yeah, yeah, he went hard. He went hard. I remember I I was like to Alma. She was like, do it again. I was like, Alma, like it hurts. (laughs) And she was like, remember what movie you're doing. (laughs) She was like, you can't say that on this set. (laughs) Oh, whoa. Whoa. And I was like, I couldn't argue with that. Yeah, damn. It's, It's interesting how you don't feel the pain in front of the camera. I always found that very scary. Whoa. Mm. I don't feel right, pain right. that way in front of a camera. I've been in some crazy situations. <laughs> <laughs> things that, things that, things <laughs> like, it, do you kind of know what I'm talking about? Completely. Yeah, Completely. you feel, you really, it's beyond feeling invincible, you actually become invincible. Right. And that is terrifying. Yeah, scary. Because you don't know limitations at that point. Right. For, I, yeah. go. For, well, for me it's because no, like nothing matters to me more mm-hmm. than getting some than than, mm-hmm. than looking natural, <laughs> which completely like I've I've like I think I'm even like got really burned on a set once, and it was like it's so tuned out and yeah. the genuine sensation becomes so tuned out because I'm so thinking about myself and trying to be truthful that it, it I mean eliminates any opportunity for honest uh reaction yes is that is that what, yes. it, what it's like for yes you? yes 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 but I, how do you get out of that get away from the fucking camera really yeah for me you yeah. stop thinking about the camera i have to get away from the camera oh shit to feel things again it's such oh, a manufacturer cool, it's cool, such cool. a factory wow. this is such a factory that wow i don't know if i've ever had a genuine feeling on camera Really? Never. Pff, bullshit. No, I've, I've had things that mimic behavior that feels genuine when watching, but I don't know if I've ever actually felt anything for real on camera, which is strange because... But in so many ways, you sometimes say that you can only feel things... It, w- which, in, is, which is a wild thing. Right, yeah. right. It's such a contradiction. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. Uh, which, yeah. Is, which is totally legit because, like, ex- you know, contradictions do kind of feed on each other. Which gets into this behavior thing of... Well, uh, because you're you're performing a feeling, does that make it inauthentic, or does it make it more authentic? For me, performing a feeling feels more authentic, but I know that I'm performing. Yeah, but that's the thing because you grow up like that. Yeah, you, it gets very confusing, yeah, and also so existential as not to even think about it. Yeah, but that's yeah. the source. One of One is the more confusion. fulfilling. One is far more fulfilling. Because on the other Which side, one is more fulfilling? Performing wow. a feeling, performing a feeling. That's I think that mean, but that doesn't that I I can't tell you because I'm not an actress. So I could just look at it from the outside and say, um, 
I mean, the little acting that I have done, and maybe that's why I'm not an actress, is that I felt kind of I'm being robbed of my feelings in a way because I have to bring myself to that place that I have to use them so much, like make myself cry from a song or do things like that to the point that the authentic feeling of being myself is getting lost. And then the rush of performing it in front of the camera becomes more satisfying than the feeling itself, like you said. That almost sounds dangerous. Right. Yeah. Because then I what happens to your own inner life then? Yeah. Where you observe, maybe observe the feeling when you have it. Like when you're supposed to be sad, you observe what it's like. Does that make sense? Um, I don't know. Like I went without emotion for so long that when I have emotion, I observe them. Yeah. I like will I manipulate my life. I manipulate my life in order to feel things for real on camera. Anything I'm in control of is never for real. It's never going to be real. I'm in control of it. So mm. I actually have to twist my life up to the point where there's no, nowhere else to go. I can't right. feel another kind of way, which is, which is yeah. then it feels genuine. Uh, I guess those are the only moments I can point at on, on camera. When you say twist, you mean like dramatize? No, like like uh, go you know go to jail and right, then you come right. up on set and you're in shame and you can't look at anybody <laughs> right. and you're on and a then boat. Then the feeling is real. Then it's real. Then it's I have to can't go anywhere right. else. There's no other thing I can feel. Right. There's nowhere else that I right. can choose. Right. I actually can't get away from this thing and now we're just documenting. And then can I ask though now that you are you know been sober for over a year? Yeah. For the first time in a long time and you're more present than ever that I've seen you. Do you feel like you're getting back some of your feelings? Yes. You're feeling your feelings yes, again? Yes, 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 definitely. Yeah. Where your suds at? Yeah. What's your suds yeah. right now? Yeah. <laughs> my, suds, my, I, I, my suds are, I'm, I'm quite present and calm. Yeah. Yeah. I guess yeah. a little nervous in that I don't have answers. Right. Mm -hmm. I wish at this point, 20 years fucking around like this or more, that I'd have better answers. Ooh. No, it's the Ooh. best to live the questions instead of like... Wild. Yeah, yeah. Wild. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. But I, but I, I, I feel I like I just answers. talked about it yesterday, right. that so much, wow. of, so much of life's expectation is to find answers when actually life is about living the question. Right. Yeah. And what's, dude, what's so fucking crazy is I when I watch you in Even Stevens, I see all that I want as an actor. Whoa, whoa, right, Why? Right. What do you mean? I see, I see, like, literally his, him and Even Stevens is a complete actor, don't need to do anything. He's fucking there right. always, right. always. Nothing you can do to take it away from that kid, nothing. And I, what I see, I see, a com I see him completely embodied, and I still see that. No, but I but what's interesting is like, to it. is when you say like, when you say like, there aren't any answers, like, or you, you, you wish that you had the answers. Yes. When I see, when I see you, then I go, God, I wish I could do that. Yeah. And and I see embodied answers, mm. and not even embodied answers. I just see Im it embodied. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah, I, I was watching TV today um, and flicking through like MTV and I guess Will Smith was like promoting Gemini. Mm. And he's talking about studying his younger self because he's got to play like right. a younger version right. of himself with some CG shit on his right. face. And so he's like studying the younger Will Smith and he talks about how there was a, a naivete that made him a better actor. Oof. There was, wow. a, there was like a, a, the fact that he didn't know all this extra other shit mm. and hadn't been asked all these questions, right. that he was able to have a certain kind, embody a certain kind of freedom as a performer, right. which he now looks up to later in his life. And he looks at like, ooh, I had the answers then and I somehow mm. lost them later mm. in life as I kept asking myself over But that's over just one over. journey. 
Yeah. Well, but, but I don't know that that's the ultimate journey or that that's your journey. I well, I've like. never been more free on a set right. than on Even Stevens. Hmm. There was never a there was never ever any insecurity on Even Stevens. There was never any questions. There was never I don't think a bad take. Right. Yeah, because it, I was so in my element Fuck and me, so dude. immersed in it. Yeah. Completely. Yeah. You're like it, it it's like you're you, you are in that like a fly. I think I watched a clip and you, a fly buzzes around you and you're like like in the yeah, middle I'm of a scene in, yeah, and you're I'm like present. Yeah, yeah, fully it's, present. It's but crazy. I would argue that you're the same oh, now in that regard. Like when I see you in the, the scene same. with Noah in you're the laundry the and he knocks your think, glasses off yeah. and you react to it right away in a split second yeah. and we turned the whole scene around because he did that and wasn't planned and, and there's it just moments. happened. Yeah, there's moments. That's the take we used. And I think that like your ability to be present in every take and respond to things that are happening yeah. has only gotten sharper. Trauma can't give you that. Re twisting your life around a character cannot it's give true. you the that's ability to react in the moment. That's true. I, I've, I've, I've tried to do that and it completely that's fucks true. It's I don't want to lose yeah, that. Yeah, that's one thing I yeah. don't want to lose. Yeah. Is yeah. listening. Listening. And that's something and, uh, you you've, you never And your feelings. Yeah. And like also well, I got feel I got feelings now. Active. So right. when I say observe feelings that means when I need to go back and use those feelings, I have observed them. So I know what sadness is you like. You mean like observed, like kind of they went inside of you? I, I like when you, <laughs> like now when I feel sad, when I yeah, feel sad, like, I observe, I'm aware of it and I see what I that feel like. Okay. I see how I move my hands. Right. I don't cry, you know what I mean? Right. Like when I was at my dad's funeral, I don't cry. No. I look around. Right. I look around at, at everything that's going on. Right. And I was, I, I was, I shot a film when I was in a church, and I cried doing that scene. Right. But in real life, that's what he was saying. Yeah, I observe, like, oh man, look you at all these witness. people. Yeah, to the point where you almost can't feel because you're so f you're so uh, self-documenting. Well, yeah, you're present. You're taking in. Yeah, you self-documenting and you're taking in everything. You're mm -hmm. just soaking in everything now. Or yeah, when I'm upset, I see what that feel. I don't get out of it quick. I see what it feels like and how I respond to it. So yeah, so so you can't create and also critique at the same time. These are two different parts it's of the true, brain. Yeah. Cards you can't, run out and then you change cards. Like it's it's fine. Cool. Yeah, yeah, it's all good. Yeah, and it's it doesn't even matter if you get the shit anymore. Now yeah, we're just like talking just shit. Yeah. Like, you can't you yeah. can't create and critique at the same time. True. And so so I guess in life I'm constantly trying to absorb and capture. Like things that happen, so I'm in a criticism of sorts. Oh yeah, that's tough. Yeah. So you can't actually feel things, and this is why I don't feel things in life because I'm constantly trying to absorb life yeah. to take it, put it in my pocket, and go to work with it. True. Right. Which is this criticism mindset. Right. And he does that too because yeah. he's like writing jokes, and you're like yes. creating yeah. tools and moments yes. and humanity kind yes. of. Yes. I do know. a lot on mushrooms. I try to document it, and it never works. Yes. <laughs> it never works. Yes. Uh, but you're right. You can't do both. Um, that's why, like times like now, when you ask where was I earlier. I'm just walking around. Phone all don't work or nothing. Cause this is my time to take in yes. everything or my I know I'm gonna write about the funeral. So I'm taking in right. a lot of this stuff. I'm taking in the image. I know what the windows look like. Mm -hmm. For when I tell tell the the story, I'm fully present of what's going on. Mm -hmm. But I, at that moment I can't joke about it. Yeah. At yeah. that moment. Yeah. So you write. We Or I fully feel it. We yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think we rob ourselves sometimes when we try to critique and feel at the same time. Yeah, you actually f just cannot. You cannot 
create and critique simultaneously. Yeah. I just watch it in, in class with these kids that I fuck with. Oh, they yeah. can't do both. Yeah. They can't be free and cr create yeah. while mm. they're also judging themselves. Right. So right. we actually separate the class. So on mm. Saturdays we'll create and judge nothing and then on Wednesdays we'll criticize everything. Mm. Right. So that, so, and, and, and they the know that. Session, yeah, the writing yeah. session, right. which oh, is actually cool. just criticism. Does it free okay. them? It frees them. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And before we had that Wednesday, everybody was so caged up. Nobody was actually wow. feeling shit because everybody was constantly criticizing themselves in real time to where they couldn't actually free themselves Whoa. up. And so I find that this is, when yeah. you actually get to the nitty gritty of what we're talking about, it's these, these two parts of the brain, this creative part mm. and this critiquing part. Yeah. And the actor not on a set is constantly, or the stand-up not on a stage is constantly in the criticism mindset <gasps> yeah. so that it's hard to feel things. Right. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. And, then, and then when I say that I can yeah. only feel things on camera, it's because that's when my creative side turns on yeah. and yeah. I can stop criticizing and get free somehow. Mm -hmm. And right. even then, on even Stevens, it was much less that criticism. That I feel with you a lot, yeah. yeah. That you're like off the critic, uh, the critic can Dies. get a break for Yeah, yeah, it gets a break. A few minutes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so this feels like an escape from this yeah. constant yeah. Uh, 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 review. Yeah. Yeah, this feels like a, an escape. Wow. This feels like drugs. Mm. This feels like drugs because it is an escape from the constant monologuing mm. happening yeah. in my fucking mm. head all the time. Mm. And it goes, this is when the monologue yeah. shuts down and I can <gasps> actually be present. <gasps> And that's what drink used to give me. Drink would slow the monologue down so that I could just experience life without all this self-criticism and this fucking monologuing happening in my brain, which might be happening in your own head right now while you watch this podcast. There's a constant self-criticism monologuing oh, happening. True, yeah. and, and, and the only time I used to be able to get away from it was either on set or in the drink. And so when I wasn't working, I'd be in my cups. To kill the monologue, right? Which is where my addiction comes from. But now that from. Lucas is going to take you to meditate, <laughs> exactly. And this is it's why gonna meditation. It's going to be a new tool. This is why I'm so it's captivated by meditation yeah. because it's that's slows all the it's about. That's it what it's all about. It's controlling the having yeah, some control to yes. not control even, but just kind of you know breaks. But if I yes. do if I do do a shot when I go on stage, yes, a tequila, it yes. is. It ain't the damn. Should I say bitch or not? Yes. No, it's like yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me tell you, and it's all, yes. it's passionate. Yes. Passionate, and I'm just. Criticism gone. Gone. Yeah. It's just like, I'm finna Free. give you this thing. Right. Yes. So, yeah, it is, 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 it is like, yeah, you gotta be careful with Hopefully that. Hopefully, Byron is not on his way to his own cups <laughs> relationship. But even if I'm, even if I am, this is, to me, this is part of You'll the. You'll get through it. Yeah, it's part of the journey. Yeah, What's and I've been to Al Anon, so we're good. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> What's amazing? All right. I just want to say, like, it's Vanessa What's here? amazing just to me? What's like, amazing? I'm sorry. What's actually amazing to me is... <laughs> we're done, we're done. Um, is Vanessa here? We don't need that. Thanks for listening to the Honey Boy Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and comment and share and all that good shit. And see you next time.